If you're a founder, business owner, or someone who's trying to figure it out and you've ever felt frustrated, frantic, or unfulfilled, then you're in the right place. My name is Tara Payton. I'm a marketing strategist and consultant who's worked with hundreds of founders. And I am here to tell you there is a space for you to center yourself, get focused, experience fulfillment, and live in flow because you deserve it. I am here to walk you through the phases of life and business most won't, and we will own each stage together. Sometimes I'll be joined by other founders, friends, and special guests who are willing to share the highs and lows of their journey and have since found their own flow. Welcome to Found the Flow. Now let's get you to step into yours. I am joined here with another special guest, Jessica Lampkin. And, you know, we were chatting before, just before we started about her experiences, her career, her life. And what really stuck out to me is all of the different transitions she's had in her career. And we're absolutely going to dig into that. But before we do, I want you to just share a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Um, Awesome, so yeah, I'm Jessica Lampkin. Um, I own the Evolve Effect, which is a hair and wig store. Um, We are completely online as well as I have a brick and mortar location where women can come in and get their hair and wigs installed on site. Um, And that's been open since about 2018. Nice. And it's been super successful. I'm really proud of where I've come with that company. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an amazing year last year, hit multiple six figures, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also transitioning into adding um, an online education piece um, to the business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I've been um, a full-time protective hairstylist for the last six years, but have the experience for about 17 years. And so Mm -hmm. that's what kind of launched me into that space. Um, I've gone through a few transitions that we'll discuss that kind of led me to start this particular business, which um, I was just kind of guided to do this because of my experiences in the past with Mm -hmm. um, my hair and with um, how the way I look helped me show up as my best self. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to provide that experience for other women like me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, the Evolve Effect hair and um, it's going well, but kind of making some transitions this year that I'm looking forward to. Mm -hmm. So 17 years behind the chair. Yeah. You are going to retire this year, mm-hmm. right? Is that yes. public knowledge yet? Yes, just, that's okay, public okay. as of May She's 1st. She's retiring this year. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I want to know what was it that led you into, you talked a little bit about it, but what were you doing before you got behind the chair? Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit more about that experience with your hair that led you to go and want to be a stylist. Yes. So um, when I talk about 17 years of experience, I actually started doing protective hairstyling out of my dorm in mm. college. So that's kind that of how side I, hustle coin. Yes, okay. side Got hustle it. coin. Okay, <laughs> braids, weaves, whatever you needed, I was here. Um, and so what happened was a lot of my friends that I developed from doing hair in college just stayed with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't um, courageous enough to take a detour and go do hair after leaving college. Like. 
that's not approved by the parentals. <laughs> so um, I did what I was supposed to do. And I went and got a position um, with a corporation. And um, I moved up in the ranks with um, that position in, in corporate retail. Did really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. I ran stores for a big, po- big box retailer for about 10 years. And um, I did really, really well, but I was working 50, 60 hours a week. um, And it just drained me, um, Mm -hmm. literally almost killed me. So I developed a disease called Graves' disease. um, And I had what's called a thyroid crisis, which um, took me off completely off work and ended up having to have my thyroid completely removed. And in the process of recovery, I had to do something that's called um, radioactive iodine. So as I was recovering, I lost my hair. Wow. And, um, you know, I had to navigate that experience because even though I've been obsessed with hair extensions and all of that, I was able to kind of do whatever I wanted with my hair prior to this experience. Mm -hmm. And so, as I was recovering, I had to figure out how to help me myself mentally come out of this, not just physically, but mentally. And so one of those things that I did was um, start making wigs for myself. Mm-hmm. I knew how to do sewing weaves, bomb sewing weaves. So I was like, a wig is just a sewing weave on a cap. Right. <laughs> and so that's kind of where this idea started. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I can make this something that I could do full time because I knew that I couldn't go back to corporate America. Mm. Um, And so I decided to throw up a Yelp page and start doing hair out of my house. I went from making six figures a year to doing protective hairstyling out of my house. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people thought I was crazy, Um, but I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. This is my time. God put me in a situation for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started doing that and I started building up clientele and the more clientele I got, there was a demand for wigs. They were saying I was wearing them. And so I just perfected that. And um, I was like, I can't do this out of my house anymore. So in 2018, um, I decided to open an establishment and um, This is an establishment where not only women can come in, buy hair, buy their wigs, but they can also have some type of custom experience for the wig, um, the wig process Mm -hmm. and also get their hair or wigs installed on site. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that is also near and dear to me is helping other women in whatever shape or form that I can. And so I was like, you know what, I want to share this space with other women. and help them grow in a way that I didn't really have. Um, And so the hair extension technicians that I brought on over time, I just built a really good relationship with them. And that kind of led into somewhat of a coaching mentor-ish relationship. Mm -hmm. And since then, um, not only has the business grown to multiple six figures, but something I'm really proud of is the uh, the impact that I had on those women, they're all kind of now blossoming and become, they become independent, mm-hmm. working for themselves, um, and now leaving me and going off and doing their own thing and growing their um, beauty service brands. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I talked about retiring from the chair. Um, 
So I will no longer be doing installations um, because I've developed another <laughs> um, health condition. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people don't know, but if you had a previous um, autoimmune disease or disorder, if you have co- if you had COVID, mm-hmm. you could potentially um, have another type of immune disease disorder. And for me, um, after COVID, I developed rheumatoid arthritis. Wow. Yeah. So, and it, and doing hair became really painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I tried to do in in, um, in this situation was look at it as another um, trigger for transition and mm. just listening to what God is assigning me to do. Um, and so, yeah, this year um, we're going to be transitioning away from the in-store mm-hmm. experience and moving completely to um, an online experience for the hair and mm-hmm. custom wigs um, and hopefully launching um, well, we're in the testing phase for um, the online education for beauty service providers. So, so many things to unpack there yeah. because you talked about doing what you were supposed to do mm-hmm. when you were in college, mm-hmm. right? I want to touch on that. You talked about your experience in corporate and how it literally, you developed disease because you were being overworked. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, you talked about the disease that you had, how it affected you, how it impacted you. Um and now later on down the line how something else has come up that's Mm -hmm. affecting your health and how that is transitioning you as well yeah i want to know throughout your entire journey especially when you're thinking about because you have children Mm -hmm. right yep two girls how you're thinking about what you were supposed to do right and how Mm -hmm. you are now raising your daughters yes right yes are you raising them are you being very intentional on how you raise them oh my gosh so and talk to me a little bit about that yes um so that was a really good question because i think a lot of people um don't really think about the the impact that the behind the way your parents raise you Um, And not the way, not just the way they raise you, but what you're seeing as a child and how that programs your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for my children, what I want for them is to understand that their route is their route. And it's something that we try, my husband and I try to um, not program, but just help them to understand that whatever your talents are, are your talents. And we Mm -hmm. understand that that might change over time as well. And that we would support you in whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. We try to use a lot of positive conditioning at home. So um, right now I have a really artsy, my youngest daughter is really artsy. Mm -hmm. And so anytime she makes any kind of art, which it's a lot, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like, great job, mama. It's beautiful. Talk to me about what I'm seeing on this piece. Mm -hmm. Um, what, What was your thought? process like really helping her think deeper about her talent and what she's doing Mm -hmm. um so that is one of the ways that i've tried to change that for their future Mm -hmm. um the other piece is we have not talked about college as the only route Mm. so um we've talked about options so college is an option depending Mm -hmm. on what you see yourself doing Mm -hmm. um and so some they're kind of talking through some of the things that they see themselves doing we also do vision boards Mm -hmm. so my oldest daughter right now she's like i want to be a vet i want to be a vet i'm like okay well then you probably will need to go to college there's Mm -hmm. a certain process that 
veterinarians take. Mm -hmm. But I also want you to understand that if you decide at any point that that's not what you want to do, then I'm here. We can shift gears. Mm -hmm. But for now, you have to make sure you continue to get good grades, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. um, it's just more so positive conditioning versus like, nope, you can't do this. You can't do that. I think that's something that I was brought up. Not to say that it was the wrong way, but that's just what I, what my parents mm-hmm. knew how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want them to understand that really the world is yours. Whatever you want, you can have it. Right, right. I think our parents, I think we may have had a similar upbringing. Um, you know, our parents were doing the best that they had mm-hmm. with what they had and what they, they, had, they knew, yeah. right? So yeah. in thinking about it, it's not to say, oh, what they did was wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just what they, you what know, they how knew. they were brought up and yeah. what they knew, right? And so they steered us in one direction. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is, knowing that, do you think you would have gone to college if you had a different type of parenting style? If your parents had parented you differently? I probably would not have gone to college. Mm. Um, and reason being is because I'm I'm literally just now in the last like two years purchasing the education that I probably could have had if I didn't go to college. Like I'm kind of I don't want to call it delayed because your time is your time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the money that I spent in college, I really do feel that I'm using some of it. Mm-hmm. Like I did have I got my MBA as well. I feel like I'm using a lot of what I learned in my MBA. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I would have, if I would have felt like I had another option, mm-hmm. I probably would have went to beauty school and then figured out the business side of it and went full throttle into opening my establishment much earlier. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. So let's shift a little bit and I want to go, I know I've kind of been a little all over the place. We started talking about the girls mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and school and stuff like that. But let's talk about your transition into um, getting the formal education yes. to become a hairstylist. Yes. What were you going through in that process? And I know you had Graves' disease, and so were you out of work at that time? Yes. When you decided, so to I was do on that? leave of absence. Okay, yes. that's yes. so interesting. Our stories are like parallel. <laughs> yes. I was on leave of absence when I went full time into mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. So yep. it's something about it's something you about know, there's the something about the leave of absence. <laughs> you just have time to think and reflect. Yes, yes. you have time to think and reflect and sit as you're healing, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's something so powerful about healing yes. and becoming yes. who you are to become, yes. right? Or who you, would, who you would rather become, not yes. who you're supposed to be. It's so funny that you say that because I look at that experience and it's one of the reasons why I called, I named my company the name that it has, the Evolve Effect, and the, the branding is actually a butterfly. Mm. And because I really felt like I went into a cocoon in that time that I was on leave of absence and arrived as a different person, not mm. just from a physical standpoint, but mentally, my whole mindset changed during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's interesting that we do have that parallel because it, it shows me that this is something that's normal because I also didn't think this is normal. Right. You know, you probably were like, I know I had thoughts like, am I crazy? I was talking to my husband like, look, I want to go full time entrepreneur. He's like, wait, are you sure? Like, mine too. (laughs) What you mean? You know, like, you're supposed to be tired. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, no. Um, So, yeah, it is something so powerful in that time. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the mindset shift because you said you your mindset completely changed it from completely who you changed. were to 
now who you are and continue to evolve into? Yeah, honestly, prior to that event happening in my life, I was, I bled, I'm not gonna say the company, but I bled their their mission, their vision. Mm. Like I saw myself retiring in 30 years. You were drinking I that saw, Kool-Aid. I was drinking all the Kool-Aid, the, mm. pit, the whole pitcher. And so <laughs> um, I was, I was cutthroat. Like you can tell me that I couldn't run a store like the back of my hand and that mm. I was so proud of that. I was so proud of my aisles with all the toilet paper looking like a brick wall like it mm. and then so during that process <laughs> i was at home one day and i was like i'm really really passionate about toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> okay let's get the toilet and paper I was like what is this about <laughs> what is this about okay. and you know it's it didn't have to do with the toilet paper but what what i was thinking to myself is there's got to be more. And if mm. I can make these people upwards of 60, 70 million a year, I can make myself 1% of that. Mm-hmm. Easy. Mm-hmm. If I can ha- if I can do this and manage all these people and have an impact. I had all these mentees running around, moving up in the company. And if I can do that, I can do this for myself. Mm. And so that was the mindset that started to shift for me when I was in what I'm calling a cocoon period. And my husband, too, he's like, what is going on? You, you don't want to go to work. What? You don't go back to work? <laughs> like, what's the plan? What are we doing? Like, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I literally would have anxiety about the date mm-hmm. approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of what that period looked like. It literally changed me from thinking that the work 30 years, retire, have a pension was the only route to mm-hmm. success to, well, actually, no, that's not the only route. I'm literally the first person in my family to decide to become an entrepreneur. Mm. So I had no one to even talk to about that Mm -hmm. and get um, advice. But something in me was like, this is what you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. And coming out of that, I think it was like a 16 week period. I was like, nope, full throttle. I was writing out business plans. I was researching YouTube University. Um, luckily in California, you don't have to have a license to be a protective hairstylist. It's just certain mm-hmm. things you can't do, which mm-hmm. is fine because I didn't want to do those things. I didn't want to mm-hmm. color hair. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to cut. I didn't want to perm. Um, so it was great. I was like, I can hit the ground running mm-hmm. and see where this takes me. And that's really how that transition happened. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that cutthroat mentality that you had in corporate was bleeding over into your oh my personal life? Yes. How did that impact your relationship? Because I'm going I'm to just be fully yeah. transparent. My husband, we weren't married at the time. Um, we were dating when I worked for one company. Won't say their name. Mm-hmm. But I had went on vacation, right? So we met. I was on a vacation. This is before I went to work. I went back to work. He was like, where's Funter? Like, what happened? Fun terror is gone. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on with you. You back at work. Mm-hmm. And that's how much stress I was under, right? Yes. So that cutthroat mentality, I, tr- I truly identify with mm-hmm. that. How did that impact your relationship and your family life? Oh my gosh. When you say bled over, it literally bled over into my family life. And mind you, at the time, I'm, build- I'm in the building phase of building my family. So I was mm. in between pregnancies. Mm. Um, so... I, to your point, I was very like laser focused. I would get home, toilet paper still on the brain, what I gotta do the next day. Like, and I also live really far from my my last store. So Mm -hmm. it was literally like 
come home, kiss the kids, kiss my husband, eat, go to sleep, wake up early and do it all over. So we lost connection, to be mm. real with you. we There was a period of time there that we were really losing our connection. And so that's why I look at that period of time as almost a blessing because it stopped me it slowed me down it kind of like snapped me out of whatever trance i was in mm -hmm. um and if you work in corporate america like that's amazing but i i really feel like sometimes you get into working with these companies and they train i came in as a baby i came straight in as mm -hmm. an intern out of college so i was program program mm -hmm. and so I literally struggled with turning the switch off mm -hmm. when I was at home. Mm -hmm. I was even talking the lingo. You know, corporate has yeah, a lingo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and every corporation has its own lingo. Yep. Yes. The acronyms yep. and the way you carry on, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> your words. And I was doing that at home. And my husband would look at me sometimes like, you know, you're off, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want to shift. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about um, the time you spent behind the chair, mm -hmm. right? And as a protective hairstylist, mm -hmm. was there anything that you took from corporate into oh, yeah. your entrepreneurship journey? And then what were the things that you knew right off the bat that you were like, nah, I'm not taking that from corporate? And you made sure not to incorporate that into your business. That is such a good question because... Um, that was probably one of the hardest things about that transition was mm -hmm. turning off um, big macro level business mind and turning on micro level business mind. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not interchangeable. Like it can be certain pieces of that can be like the customer experience, like mm -hmm. everything that I learned around customer experience, logistics and operations completely transferable into what I'm doing now um, mm -hmm. with the hair business and with doing hair from behind the chair. I think the customer experience piece of it particularly is what helped me um, build such such a successful business as it pertains to relationships with my clients. Mm -hmm. um, and so even having an establishment, the things that I learned at that company, the smell, like how the, scent, the five senses is what um, keeps your people coming back, mm -hmm. right? What they can smell to what they can taste while they're there, what they see, mm -hmm. um, feel everything. And so I, I took all of that into opening my establishment and um, the way that I retain my clients. Um, but some of the things that I had to let go of was uh, my stringent, um, I had a really stringent way of looking at how business should be done because mm. in corporate, it's by the book. You have your best practices. And mm -hmm. yes, there are um, standard operating procedures that you have to put in place, but I also had to learn that as a small business, it's continuously molding into something new mm -hmm. and you have to be flexible and kind of like roll with it and let it flow mm -hmm. um you also have to jump in sometimes and not wait for everything to be lined up and be perfect right um and so those were some of the things as my business continuously grew that i had to figure out how to like identify okay this is something that i just have to go in and do it ugly and then there's other things where I'm like, no, Jess, like we're gonna we're gonna take what you learned and mm -hmm. incorporate that into this new system or SOP that you're putting in place to grow. 
Um, so I will say there's some things that, yes, I'm so grateful for mm-hmm. what I learned. Um, but other things I was like, Jess, you got to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> let it go. What was your biggest surprise um, when you became an entrepreneur? Like the biggest shock for you? That I can be myself. Mm. Did you know that starting out or did that come a few years into it? That came a few years into it. Okay. That came a few years into it. Um Although I had physically removed myself and that mindset was um, changing, I was still this, you know, I don't even know, like very put together, um, I guess, picture of a professional. Mm -hmm. And I slowly had to learn that. People don't connect with that, sis. Mm-hmm. Be you. Mm-hmm. You like let let go of that corporate side of you that you had to become to assimilate into that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, that you could you could let your hair down and like I I love God, but I also love to curse. So mm-hmm. and you could do that in your like because if that's what connects with your clientele, then mm-hmm. that's what it is. Like you could completely be yourself. Um, it was also like in having employees in a small business, very different from having employees in corporate America. So um, I learned that I could let my guard down. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the way to show up more authentically. And then from doing that, they would open up more and want to give me more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are some things that I had to learn. Um and you know, I think it took me probably like a year, year I was and a half. Ask how long did it take? Yeah, yeah it probably took mm-hmm. me about a year, year and a half to completely like just okay, just like even from the way I dressed, I had mm-hmm. to like okay, like let's figure out what is your style because mm-hmm. I was so used to you know wearing what I was wear on a regular basis, button down right. khakis, whatever. Um, and even from my hair, like being very comfortable with changing my hair up, like it was so weird, but I would feel weird when I changed my hair up, even though I worked in hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I would say, yeah, about a year and a half, I got comfortable wearing sneakers and, you know, it's just like little stuff that right. I, I never even thought would be an issue, not an issue, but something that I would experience as I made that transition. What helped you though? make the transition was it that one day you were like oh i'm not being myself or did someone say something to you or i think it was the way so i went through a phase of um bringing people on and then losing them and i think it was that Mm. um because when you have like beauty people who work in beauty they have a different personality than people who work in corporate and so you can't show up with your corporate self working with these creative people like it just doesn't work. Right. And so I thought, you know, I'm connecting with them. I thought what I felt like was connection was it was disconnection. Mm-hmm. And so um and, I, and they they left and I didn't understand why. Like Got I it. just I couldn't understand well, where is the disconnect? Is it the way I'm talking to them? But it was really because I had all these like, okay, today we're going to do our one-on-one check-in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like very structured. And um the feedback that I got from one that left that didn't feel like that felt okay to give me the feedback was like, you're really like hard up. Mm. (laughs) 
And um, it just it just didn't feel good. Um, and that I think that was probably like the biggest aha moment for me where I was like, okay, Jess, like you don't have to do, you can leave some of that at the door. Right. Yeah. So what does it look like for you now? Um, now, my girls that work with me now, none of them work for me anymore, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have built a family, like a real family. Mm-hmm. Like I call them my sisters, we hang out. And I've been able to mesh this wonderful like vibe of like big sister, kind of like coach mentor, but they also really respect me mm-hmm. as the owner of a brand that they're affiliated with. Um, and it feels really good. There's a high level of trust. Mm-hmm. And um, that just really came from me being my complete authentic self, showing my mistakes, showing my flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being legitimately me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, twerking here and there when mm-hmm. we have a good day, like mm-hmm. all those things um, helped, I guess, us build this relationship that will stand for the test of time. Mm-hmm. And so. Hey, if you want to figure out how to go from being a frantic founder to a founder in the flow, then you better go ahead and get on my email list. Take the quiz to find out where you are currently in the founder's journey how it impacts your marketing, and I'll send you information straight to your inbox that is known to get you in flow, keep you in flow, and get consistent customers and cash flow coming to your company. So go ahead and take the quiz. It's linked in the show notes, and I will see you next time. Now, how does that translate to online? Because I I personally struggle with this, mm-hmm. right? So this is so interesting to me. That's why I'm asking you these questions. Yeah. I'm going through a rebrand right now. My brand designer, Mm -hmm. when I started working with her, she was like, you know, I'm having a hard time kind of figuring you out. And she was talking to my copywriter and she was like, you're a little dry. (laughs) And I met her in person. I didn't take offense to it because I I understand it, right? It's like that corporate veil that you have over you. It's kind of hard to shed it. Mm -hmm. So I met her in person and she was like, oh, you're not really dry. Like you really have a personality, right? So it's different when you get that in-person connectivity, but what are some things that you actually do online to Mm -hmm. help translate your authentic self? So um, this also took time because uh, prior to going full-time as an entrepreneur, I was not active on social media at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had to learn this, this skill. Um, I think what really helped me in the beginning was sharing, my my best friend actually told me this when I decided to um, open the establishment. She was like, share the whole journey, Mm. no matter how ugly, no matter what's going on, share it. And I, so when I opened, I started with sharing every little thing that was happening as I was opening the building, what I looked like, the dirty parts, the ugly parts of it, my learning experiences. And I think even though it was really uncomfortable for me, that's what kind of helped me shift into now becoming more of someone who shows up in all my different um, elements. Mm-hmm because I did it in that process. I think it took me like 12 weeks to open the the Evolve Effect. And um, people were really vibing with the experience. And Mm -hmm. so I also think that um, 
that recognition also helped me seeing that from other people like girl you know like i'll be like i don't got my wig on today but we about to be getting here and get these cabinets up yes and even though i didn't feel comfortable doing it i got the recognition on the other side of it that girl i'm so glad you shared that story with me because i'm going through this that or the other it may not have had to even do with opening a business but because i was being vulnerable online Mm -hmm. people were seeing that and that's how they started to validate that okay i'm me being myself is okay Mm -hmm. um and the way that's kind of evolved over time is understanding that whenever i put something out that has my face on it people are more likely to buy it Mm -hmm. than um you know doing something where i'm behind the scenes or where there's another model It, it gets more exposure when my face is on it and that was something that um, it took me a while to get comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's because over time, I'm like really active in my stories. People kind of see all parts of my life now. Mm-hmm. Um, people see that I have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. They see that I'm goofy. They see that I'm, um, uh, what do you call it when you fall all the time? Uh, clumsy. clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> they see my interactions <laughs> with my kids, my husband. Mm-hmm. I be talking about my husband all the time. like you know, roasting him all the time mm-hmm. online. So now it's like, okay, I, when I get that validation, it's just that extra push to continue to be myself because that's really what helps me drive, you know, results for my business also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you manage this as you grow? Cause I counted like three businesses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That you talked about <laughs> in the beginning, yes. right? So three businesses, yeah, two kids and a husband, right? Yep. I'm sure family, friends, right? How do you manage all of that. Well, first of all, my first question is, how do you share without oversharing? Because I'm sure a lot of the stuff that you're sharing and being mm-hmm. vulnerable about vulnerable about online is not everything, no. right? And I think that's yeah. what a lot of people don't understand when they see people online, they think mm-hmm. that, oh, the 15 minute clip on mm-hmm. stories the is thing. the entire life, right? Yes. So how do you manage what you share versus what you don't share? Honestly, that is such a good question. Um, I do feel like it's it's something that you kind of have to become really self-aware. Um, so in this journey of showing up online, I've honestly shared too much sometimes. Um, and I'm happy and blessed that I have friends and family who will like hit me up like, girl, you know, the people didn't need to know all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then there's been other times where it would be really hard for me to even show up where, you know, in 20, between 2020 and 2021, like I experienced seven deaths mm. and um, of people close to me. And I just, I was, I just shut down. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to share, but I also, um, it, it's like I, in that time, I also really worked on my spirituality because it got hard to just get up in the morning. So I mm-hmm. had to go find what was going to motivate me to continue to keep going. Mm-hmm. And that was getting more spiritually connected. And as I became more spiritually connected, I started to hear when it was time to share. Got it. Um, and literally it'll be like the the people should know this. And then I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna share this. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it'll be deep, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
sometimes it'll be funny. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll be like, you know what? I was moved to share, so I'm gonna just get on live or I'm going to um, get on stories and talk about what I'm experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I get the, validate, that, the validation that that level of vulnerability was the right level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it just takes time. Mm-hmm. I think it, you just show up and figure out the vibe that you're getting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and over time you'll, you'll find your, your balance of what's good to share and what you should keep to yourself. And then how do you manage all of it? The three businesses, <laughs> the family, <laughs> the husband, how do I manage it all? Um, I would say it is, it's difficult sometimes. I'm gonna be mm-hmm. real with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, something that I've had to figure out, well, what are, what are my priorities um, in hiring a coach has helped mm-hmm. me um, because then I can talk to someone who's been where I'm, you know, going mm-hmm. and they can tell me like, this is, this is not worth it. Like you need to either put a better system in place so you can get some of your time back mm-hmm. or um, make a choice of what you want to offer. Um, and I've wanted to offer so many things, not to mention, like, I got my real estate license. I got notary, everything <laughs> in this whole time. So but there's things I had to let go. I couldn't yeah. do all, all the of things. Right. Um, and so that was one thing I had to really, like, sit down and be like, okay, Jessica, like, you, you can't offer everything. Um, and so with having, like, multiple uh, beauty service providers that ended up going independent, I had to deal with, okay, now they're independent. They want to offer all these services, but they're still working under the Evolve Effect umbrella. Mm-hmm. And it kind of molded into this beauty studio, like full service beauty studio vibe that was never a part of the mission. Mm-hmm. And I tried to roll with it for a while. And that was one of the things that I was like, okay, this is a lot of work and it's taking me away from my family. Mm-hmm. I have to go back to the niche that this was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one of those things that helped me gain a lot more time back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I purposely um, put, I literally put my phone down. Like mm-hmm. I'll put my phone down and like hard stop at seven mm-hmm. every night. Um, and that's my time for my family, for having a phone call with my mom or sitting with my husband, having a glass of wine, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Um, and regardless of what was in the what I was in the middle of, I have to stop it. Nice. So that's something I picked up this year that has been working a lot better mm-hmm. for um, just managing it all. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. having those boundaries, yeah. Yeah, there's always something business, that's not right. gonna be done. Right, yeah. right. Now, do you work primarily from home? So I've set a schedule now, especially with managing my health as well, mm-hmm. um, to where I work from home Monday through Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about managing, I also hired an assistant because nice. I had all these clients that I'm like, girl, I can't do your hair anymore. Mm-hmm. So I hired an assistant, trained her. So then we work together on Thursdays, Fridays, and every other Saturday in, inside the studio. Mm-hmm. And that's when consultations and installations happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't think that I could minimize that schedule before. Mm-hmm. But you can do whatever you want to do when mm-hmm. you own a business. Mm-hmm. And people will do what you need them to do. Right. So working Thursday, Friday, and every other Saturday, if that's what you have to do, then that's, that's when you'll see clients. Mm-hmm. And it was a game changer for wow. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what's next. 
You talked a little bit about it yes. with the coaching and moving yes. the business online. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Um, so I think I have been blessed with um, having somewhat of an um, abnormal experience um, in the beauty industry, the hair and beauty industry, whereas I did transition for, from corporate and kind of what may seem as a late bloomer, like I'll be 37 this year. Mm -hmm. And um, I made that decision when I was 31. Um, and so now I'm like, okay, I've been able to build a multiple six figure um, business doing protective hairstyling out of all things mm -hmm. and been able to thrive um, and I also have that business background and I've been able to also help all these women who've worked with me build their brands and build the business essentials as well that's helped them re retain. How can I now share my journey and experience with others and kind of grow that reach and impact? Mm -hmm. um, and so I this, am currently in the testing phase is really early. Um, but I will be launching a program called the Self-Made Beauty Boss, nice. which, yes, is to help women of color um, navigate the challenges of building confidence, starting up and taking off in their careers as high paid beauty service providers. Um, and the reason why I decided to um, specifically focus on women of color is because you don't see um, us represented in the beauty business space. Mm. You see us represented in the creative space, mm -hmm. but you don't see us represented from a systems and, um, you know, standards and how to build and, and maintain growth in your business from a service-based standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where I was seeing the gap. And I also saw that in working with the beauty service providers that came to work for the Evolve Effect. Like, they're so talented, mm -hmm. but just had no idea how to operate their business from behind the scenes to improve their customer's experience. Right. Um, and so I'm like, okay, it's, it's time, Jess. I feel, I feel the tug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so also with dealing with the health, my health conditions, I have to shift into um, a more digital space with the hair brand, mm -hmm. um, doing less hands-on and more of also expanding my reach. Because when you're local, it you know you kind of get pigeonholed a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and so that has been a, a transition though, to yeah. your point. Yeah. Um, going to majority e-commerce from being majority brick and mortar, it's it's a different demographic of mm -hmm. um, customer that you're trying to capture. Um, you're, you have to kind of go back into kind of startup phase. And so that's currently where I'm at on the, the hair brand side. And um, I'm looking forward to what the self-made beauty boss is going to be um, by the end of this year. But my goal is to help 100 women by the end of this year. I'm very excited for you. So the self-made beauty boss is for hairstylists, yeah. makeup artists. Yes. All beauty all service beauty providers. All beauty service, nail artists. Yeah, microbladers. Got yep. it. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Yes. So the goal is to, and I know probably a lot of salon owners would be unhappy with this, but the salon owner makes bank. Why? Because you can bring on hairstylists or beauty service providers, pay them $17, $18 an hour, 
they do a two hour service that people are paying three, $400 for. Well, you do the math. I'm coming up as a salon owner. Right. I didn't feel right mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's literally taking advantage of people who are so talented and they just need the knowledge to grow their business and their brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my goal is to hopefully shift what that model looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, people go into beauty school or go into whatever their skill set is wanting to be independent, mm-hmm. but then they get stuck working for someone else because they don't have that. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the knowledge. Yeah. So in LA, is it a booth renter market or is it a no. contractor market? It's it's mostly contractor and okay. hourly in California, which I know a lot of states are kind of very different. Yeah. Yeah. In California the the average and annual income of a, a hairstylist is only $30,000. And y'all on your feet all day. On your feet all day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even down to managing your expenses, your supplies, your color, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. like they just have no idea. So they hardly ever see their actual income. They, make, they might be making a good amount of money, even if they mm-hmm. work for themselves, but they never see their income. So mm-hmm. at least in my state, and I know this has to be happening across the country also, Normally what you see is hairstylists or anyone who does makeup, whatever, they end up supplementing their income mm. by doing whatever else, DoorDash, whatever it is in the low season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of accept it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be that. Like that percentage of really successful beauty service providers can be much higher if they were just armed with the tools and resources they needed. So I need all the beauty service providers that are listening, watching, tuning in y'all need to make sure y'all check out Jess tell them where they can find you um, where they can follow and we'll make sure to have everything in the show notes for them as well yeah the links but tell them where they can find you and get in touch um so they can find me on Instagram at jess.isevolving I'm sorry jess.is.evolving on Instagram um, that's where I'm showing up on, in all elements, as we discussed. <laughs> um, and um, if you're interested in getting on the wait list to, um, for any upcoming programs, you can text me. There is a phone number in my bio. Um, and then if you're interested in hair extensions or custom wigs, you can go to the Evolve Effect underscore hair. And yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jessica, for Thank joining. Thank you. This, this has been a pleasure. I'm, so, I'm yes. so glad you got to be here Me in person. Me too. Me too. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming. And this is the end of this episode. And we will see you all next time. Now that's a wrap for this week's episode of Found the Flow. I sincerely hope you feel more aligned regardless where you are on this journey. I've centered this show around my hopes that you find a safe space as you navigate your growth. Make sure to share this on your favorite social platform. Tag me while you're figuring out what being in flow means to you and share this with your people because you really never know who can get something from the message. Until next week, may you find the flow.